Hello and welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Angie Mazzetti. My guest this week is former tech executive and now business leadership coach Fidelma Green, who's passionate about female empowerment. Fidelma has worked on large international projects with the likes of Standard Chartered Bank, Zurich and the Bank of England. Fidelma uses business words like process reviews, integration systems and project management, which to those of us who don't work in the business world on a day-to-day basis sounds well a bit businessy. But to listen to her in the podcast, she sounds more like a contemplative philosopher. It's obvious that Fidelma does a lot of deep thinking. The world is just calling us to be more present and more aware of what we're creating. Whether this has come from years spent with change management teams in Bangalore in India and in the UK and in Ireland, or from her own life experience, we hope to find out more about in the podcast. But she brings this almost spiritual analysis into her coaching and mentoring work. When I work with women in business, it's about making peace with your past and then moving on. I've had to do that myself. Sometimes we might be meeting what we're actually resisting within ourselves. This is what I've discovered as well. Her philosophy seems to work and ties up with what I often hear from leading women and leading men, that true leadership is about being authentic. You can't put your natural self in a box. It's You've got to just be yourself and be authentic. You're very welcome, Fidelma. Thank you, Angie. Tell me the name of your company. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. OK, Fidelma Green Consulting is it in my company and I work with women in business, helping them to become better leaders in their own business and to grow their business through mindset change, uh, getting really on purpose and doing what they love in that purposeful way. And I also work with companies, purpose driven leaders who want to develop talent and integrate change and transformation more effectively. Do you find people need that little bit of direction to find Because we all think that we know what we're doing, but sometimes we kind of run on autopilot. So do you think there's a need for people to actually sit back, take some time out and think, what am I doing here? Is this what I really want to do? Is this what my heart is saying? Do people actually need that help? They do, definitely. Like I need it myself. We all need it. And it really helps to stand back, reflect and get support to see the bigger picture. And purpose and meaning has become more important in our work today. And I see it becoming more important, especially now in 2020 and beyond to bring more balance into the workplace and to be more agile around change and to have more of an open mind. And I think the more we all personally reconnect with that part of ourselves, it's going to make the, the world a better place, more purpose driven. Do you think there's so much change going on that sometimes it's a bit head wracking? (laughs) Is that why we need to kind of take that time out and be a bit more mindful about our choices, particularly with our careers and our businesses? Yeah, for me, it's always been about who am I being rather than the doing. I was caught up a lot in the doing in my career at different times and very driven. And now I've had to take a step back and to really become who am I being in this situation? What type of leader am I being? Am I actually walking the talk or am I just talking it? So it's really taken a shift there in consciousness, a really shift inside myself from the inside out. And that's what I want to help other leaders and women and men as well. Um, I'm open to working with them. But it's really women, I think, have a a key role in this. Now, that sounds very zen. How did you as an IT professional, you know, go full circle from being all IT and all very... Um, you know, focused and driven in that way. How did you come to have that sort of um, 
apparition or, you know, that, that change in mindset? I guess I started on a journey back in 94 after my dad died. It was more of a, a spiritual journey, looking at myself and how I was living my life and things that were of value to me. And and then I just went on that journey. And it, as I progressed in that journey, I guess when I went to India to work as well, um, that really brought it up maybe more in the forefront. Um, who you're being is more important than actually what you're doing. And it's, it's I think, to so many people on the journey today, it's become second, you know, second nature. And it is about coming back to our own true nature. Um, because when we, when we are stressed or when we're constantly doing, we're not giving ourselves a chance to actually think, am I on the right track? Is this what I want to be spending my life doing? And it's just taking that time out for yourself. Tell me about your career in IT, because that sounds very glamorous and very high powered. Yeah, I loved my career in IT. And uh, started. you studied it? I did in Sligo, Sligo IT, back in 1984, I think I finished. So that was early on? Yeah, early. Doing yeah. IT, it was, was really cutting edge then? Yeah, it was COBOL and BASIC and all those lovely languages. And uh, yeah, I loved it. And from there, I got a job in Sligo in CompuPack. For about five years, I stayed there, worked on the hospital system in Sligo General. Um, first uh, administration system be implemented in there and in the pharmacy. So there were big projects at the time and loved them. And then moved up to, to Dublin to work with Kindle Banking Systems. That was in 1989. So it was a long time ago. So I spent 13 years with Kindle and travelled a lot. Um, stepped up my career into from programming up into analyst, project manager and then into leadership positions. So okay. working a lot with teams. Yeah. And I always was a people's person and... Um, loved leading and um, just analysing situations and systems and integrating them. That just seemed to be my thing. So th- I, I really loved it. Yeah. And you ended up then in India. I did, in Bangalore. What? Leading, well, we transferred the operation from Dublin to Bangalore, uh, the development and support. So I was part of the team to do that. And uh, it was a great experience, two and a half years living in India. A culture shock, I'd say, was it? It was a big shock, but I actually loved it. Um, it's just the mindset and the spirituality, all of that, and then the work. And uh, the Indian people are quite like the Irish in many ways. Are they? They are, yeah. So I kind of gelled pretty well with them. Yeah. But that then all ended suddenly. What well, happened? then the contract was over two and a half years and I had a choice to stay on, but we decided we were coming back to Dublin, myself and my husband. And, and Did he work for them as well? Yeah, he did. And then we came back to Dublin and... I was there on a project then going over to Cheltenham every week um, for about a year and that project wrapped up then. So then it was like I had moved all the other projects to India. So then I was made redundant. So that was a big change after being 13 years with them. And uh, a good time to step back and just rethink things. Yeah. And I'd been getting a few nudges while I was in India. What do you mean by nudges? Kind of time for a change. Okay. The gut was saying it's time to step back. Little it's inklings. Little inklings to do something different. So I was starting to explore it. Not fully ready to do it, but it was starting to to rise inside me. So um, then after I was made redundant, I decided, OK, I'm going to take it, take a leap now and I'm going to start doing consulting and coaching. So I retrained, took a different direction. Where did you train or what did you do? I retrained with Corporate Coach U. At the time, I didn't see an opportunity in Ireland for corporate coaching. 
So there was a company in US. So I did that all online with them and I spent a year training with them. And then I started doing pro bono coaching and then going into companies, doing coaching with teams. So that was I, I enjoyed all of that as well. So I was back in working with teams, helping them around communication, methodology, improving processes, all of that. Stuff that you were comfortable yeah. with and knew yeah. a lot about. And assessments and helping them to shift where there was conflict and just handling situations in a different perspective. Mm. And did you think you brought a different perspective to it, a more feminine perspective to it? Yeah, I think that comes with feminine qualities. And at the time, I probably didn't know I was using them as much, but empathy, uh, connection, uh, communicating, it's just intuition. They were there, but I wasn't as aware of them that I was using them, but they were natural. And I think that's what women bring into the workplace. Now, if you said that in mixed company, they might say, well, that's all very nice woolly stuff, but doesn't really have an impact in business. Do you think it does, though? It does. How? Because I have seen teams that worked with me, especially in India, where we connected and where we got clear on what we had to do. We had big projects to deliver and we deliver them. And it was challenging and there were some mistakes we made and we, you know, we learned from them and we we improved. And it's, it's all a constant improvement, continuous improvement. So but I enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. And there was a team spirit in that so it's like that's not created from nothing. Yeah. There's a connection there. Yeah. And it's not just about me being the leader. It's about creating that team and that connectivity there, a synergy within a team to make them perform or help them perform, lead them and so that they do it themselves. So tell me what happened. So you decided to just moving back to your own career path when you decided to take the redundancy. Did you think about anything else in your life that needed to change? Well, we were planning a family, so that was on the agenda. Um, and how long were you married now at this stage? Uh, about, I think it was 14 years, yeah. so it was but time. Been very career focused I up had to been, them. yeah. It and wasn't my husband priority. as well, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I was the main career person in, in, in the relationship. So it's like I decided it was time that I think it was around 36 or something, 37 around that. So it was getting close to the 40 mark. So that was a journey in itself as well, because um, I had endometriosis, which I didn't know I had. So that was sorted out. And then they were recommending IVF and I up until about a month beforehand. And then I'd said, no, actually, my gut is telling me I don't need it. So I said, sorry, no, I'm not going that route. And we went for my 40th birthday. We went to South Africa on holiday. And Lovely. Yeah, down to Cape Town and all along the coast. And um and then the good news was, before I left, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had a nice holiday. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know, was it a Christmas baby or I what? Know. But anyway, it was um, the good news. Yeah. So that was a great 40th birthday person. And then our twins arrived uh, two years later then. So they were uh, another story. <laughs> OK, so, you've ha- so how many children have you now? Three. Three, OK. Yeah, three so girls. Yes. Yeah, so. Fantastic. So I think part of me stood back from my career because mm. I think I couldn't there was some part of me that didn't think I could do the career and have family unconsciously um, or you want to back. devote more time time to that yeah. yeah yeah. and you do only have a window I mean I've talked to people who have been very successful and very senior in the leadership team and they say you know the whole maternity leave thing people have been frozen out of jobs over the years particularly when they could ask you and you know they would stop you getting ahead of your career but one particular woman said to me you know it's such a small time out of your career timeline yeah 
that really it doesn't impact in the long term at all. And uh, companies benefit so much when they're loyal to um, female staff who are, who are having babies and just taking a short time out because like everybody, male, female needs to take time out from the workplace and sometimes they come back the better for it. Do you think you came back better in, into working life, into business by becoming a mother, be, you know, doing all those things, the navigating the, the timeline of motherhood? Does, does that help? It does, definitely. It changed. Well, I had to, there's more in my life now. So that driven part of myself, which I would probably look on as very masculine within me, um, because I have both feminine and masculine. So my balance would have been veering more towards the masculine, that driven, the task based, um, very focused. So then I had to take a step back and it's not just me now, it's a family um, and a relationship. And things have become more important that maybe I had kind of pushed back when I was in my career, the height of my career. So it's it's a rebalancing. Yeah. And how is your business now? My business has gone gone through a transition. Um, I've been working with women in business in the last number of years. Uh, I had been working with a lot of companies before that and with some people um, running their own business. But the focus seemed to shift. I was another call within me. It's like a quest I've been on of uh, working more with women in business because of my own journey. And up until about 2008 or 2009, I had projects kind of one after the other. And then with the recession, I had to start learning how to market and sell and learning a lot of new things, mindset, um, running a business, things you don't think of when you're starting out initially. Because there's another department looked after yeah, that no. when you're in a big company. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the whole identity piece as well was, has been a big thing for me. What do you mean by that? Well, when you're in an organisation, your identity sometimes can become part of the big organisation. But when you stand back and you're working as a consultant, you have to really look at yourself and become more aware of yourself and your identity. I think my identity was around my work, whereas now my identity is more about who I am. It's more important about who you're being rather than it's what you're doing. And does that feed into personal branding on a business sense as well? It does. Okay, And core values, all that kind of thing? Yeah. So what would you say Fidelma Green's core values are? Quality, uh, passion, honesty, truth, being your true self and just being being authentic, just being real. And I guess it's been a journey for me to tap into that part of myself and to find my voice and to be able to do podcasts about it here today. Yeah. I have, I'm always amazed at why women are so reluctant to do go on air and to use their voice because they have lovely voices most of the time and a lot to say. I know. But I think a lot of the time it's um, it's kind of subsumed or we're told to sit in the corner and be quiet and let the boys talk. Well, it's kind of we suppressed it and that's more a global thing. It's a, it is. Yeah. It is. It's a collective and an individual thing that we've been suppressed and now women are finding their voice more. And you see, I suppose I was trying to fit myself in a box all these years when I started consulting, uh, trying to put a label on what I was doing. But it's hard to define that when you have many skills and you're bringing that feminine balance into the work because it's it's something new. um, It's not been modelled before. So we're bringing something new that is not defined. So we have to be open minded and willing to explore on it and be curious. And does it work when you bring that feminine perspective to a business? Does it work? I mean, it's been proven. Really? Well, in well, I suppose when I look at my own example, 
um, I was doing it in the flow while I was working all my years in IT and then I went into consultant and I tried to put it in a box <laughs> and it wouldn't work because you can't put your natural self in a box. It's you've got to just be yourself and be authentic. But it's taken years to le- to get off all the conditioning that and all the beliefs unconscious. Yeah, I think beliefs. as a country we're doing it <laughs> and, and worldwide. Worldwide, I think. Yeah, yeah, worldwide. Yeah. But yeah. the pushback is, is strong. It is. <laughs> and you look at the States and you look at England and look at our yeah. own country, you know. Um, you know, the the pushback against the, the women finding themselves and particularly women finding a voice, it's quite strong. Or have you come across that? It is. And I guess sometimes we might be meeting what we're actually resisting within ourselves. This is what I've discovered as well. Explain that to me. What we're seeing out in the world is actually a reflection of ourselves. So within me, there was resistance, but it wasn't me that put it there. It was conditioning that I would have got from my own generation and from school, from living social life and just all the conditions around us. So we become conditioned to think, well, I had some belief in me that I couldn't have children and still have a high power career. So I didn't plant that there. But maybe the role models before me or in my own generations before me, they didn't do both. So I was I'm having to break through that last ceiling. Yeah, I think a whole generation or so had to do that, you know, yeah. work where mothers didn't yeah. or it was considered beneath them, really, to, you know, that they had a husband to support and they didn't need to go out to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's been a mindset change, I think, with a lot of women. Definitely. And we're probably one of the first generations to do that, to, yeah. to break away and be different to our mothers. But I can see and my, and my mother's long gone now, but I could see that she would have been very proud. I think a lot of the older generation women were very frustrated women at home. And I think they would be quite proud of the next yeah, generation. I think, they're, I think they're cheering us on. I think so. Yeah, now, they yeah. m- I know they worry that we're doing too much and we're trying to do it all. That's where the feminine leadership comes in. It's about bringing this more of a, a feminine approach to leadership where we don't have to drive and push so hard that we can have both. So I can have my young family and I can have a, a career that I'm passionate about where I'm supporting women in business and I'm supporting companies that really want to embrace change at a deeper level to make it uh, more purposeful, the the environment and more meaningful for the staff, because staff want it today. Of course they do. Yeah. And they say they won't hold on to staff unless they have it yeah. for both men and women, yeah. because what man wants to be exactly working like all the hours because yeah. they never see their family as well. Yeah. I think Joan Burton was telling me that once that, you know, when they brought in changes in the doll, um, you know, to make it more family friendly, that the men really appreciated it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it in my own husband. He loves actually having time with the kids. So it's it is it's it's a balance on both sides. Yeah. And daddies love their girls. Yeah, they do indeed. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me just a little bit about your own dad. You said you were very close to your own dad. I'm sure you missed him when he went as well. Yeah. Was he a very strong influence in your life? Was he a strong supporter of you? Yes, he was a builder. So he was quite a hard worker. Um, so I think I got what some of my worth work ethic from him uh, to really he was meticulous with his work. So I guess that's where I brought my high standards in and expect people to work to my standards, all of that, which I've had to soften on and on myself. So, yes, he had an influence on, on in that way around my work. Yeah, definitely. So just to move on then to talking about um, the sort of advice you give, particularly to women in business. Do they have different needs to men in business who are business leaders? Do, do you find the women have different needs to the men? Well, I think... We all have to look towards our own needs and women especially have to allow themselves to understand what their needs are. And I guess men have to do it as well. So 
we have to be able to tune in and say, well, what is it I actually need? Do I actually need flexibility in this position? Is this what I want to be doing? Do I want to be working? Do I want to be traveling? Where's the balance? What do I want to be doing? How do I want to use my skills? And looking back over my career, trying to fit myself back in as a project manager, I I just couldn't seem to get myself back in as a project manager. So I want that's something that you've done all your career career, and I loved it. So I've gone back and done some training last year on um, Prince, too. And I'm looking at doing like my style would be more agile anyway, because I I love change and I've always used agile. Stop there for a second. What's Prince 2? Project management in a controlled environment. Okay, okay. When we were back in Kindle, we probably didn't have we had our own methodologies, but project management has progressed since then. And it's it's a flavor of project management where you have it, where you just don't do things where are not where there's not a business case for them. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And what about um, other things? Have you studied kind of things like neurolinguistic programming, other things like that? What else have you studied? Yeah, as part of my coaching development and my own personal development, I've done NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming. I've only learned a little bit about it, but it sounds fascinating. Tell me about it. Yeah, I did it from a more spiritual background. I did it with a Jesuit priest. (laughs) So I did that in um, Monkstown, uh, in Milltown. And um, so... It was a journey of self-discovery as well about our belief systems, about how we can change and how we can help other people then to change. But change always happens within ourselves first. We can't change other people. So if there's somebody really annoying you uh, at work or on a project or at home, we've always got to look back to ourselves. Why is it triggering you something? Yes, yeah, triggering yeah. something in ourselves that mm. we're vulnerable about or that we haven't dealt with. Um, so it's it's a continuous journey, I think. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. but then, then after, I think, we go through these transitions in life, there's, we free up so much more energy to be involved in things that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, when I work with women in business, it's about making peace with your past and then moving on. I've had to do that myself. And it's helping other women to do that so that you can move on and be passionate and really love what you're doing. Bring energy to things. Yeah, and bring mm-hmm. joy and just enjoy it. So listen, tell me, you've worked with all these fabulous women in business in, in Dublin. And I would think we've met lots of them at uh, the Leo uh, Women in Business groups, particularly with Pauline Logan. She's been fantastic, hasn't she? Yeah, she's great at making connections and having great speakers. It's amazing. Just a group of women from all different backgrounds and different companies and different uh, businesses coming together, collaborating and finding how to grow your business. It really is. Pauline's great. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. works in a very feminine way, actually, yeah. knitting people fit to food together. Yeah, it comes yeah. naturally to her. Very much so. Yeah. 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 So from all of your learnings that you've you met with all the women in business and, you know, all your coaching, what would you say your top five leadership tips would be? Believe in yourself. Really believe and believe in that call inside yourself that if it's calling you to do something within your business and maybe you're struggling with your business or it's not going the way you want it, believe that there is a way, there is a possibility. Um, but And get support. That takes a lot of courage though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. So that's the first one. Um, answer that call is the second one. Okay. Because the world needs more feminine leaders to really find their voice, be visible and be the change that's needed. Okay. And take the next step. Don't try to work out the whole plan. 
Okay, so bite size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because um, for myself, I kind of went around in a few circles because I was trying to work out the big vision. But it's taken those steps, the baby steps and get yourself there. And as I said, making peace with your past is really important. Otherwise, it's going to hold on to you. You've got to keep repeating that. That leads a lot of letting go. Though, yeah, it, it is surrendering. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. That, that's a continuous process, it I is. think, isn't it? It is. It's not <laughs> something you just get a degree and then, you know, you're, you're done. done and dusted. It's <laughs> something you have to practice and on a daily basis. I have to remind myself to to let go. Yeah. And self-care. Yeah, self-care, priority. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the one that is really important to me is uh, who do we need to become to actually be the change? Explain that to me now. I don't really get that. If I continue to be the person that I am today, then I'm going to keep repeating what's actually influencing me now, my choices, my beliefs. So I have to step into a higher version of myself. So who do I need to become to be that leader in my business? So I've had to ask myself that in the last few years to help me to step further out of my comfort zone. So who do I need to become to actually do this? And we, we don't like stepping out of our comfort zones because they're cosy places sometimes. <laughs> the cosy blanket all over us. Yeah, yeah. But what's the reward when you do, you know, step outside that comfort zone? What's the reward when you do become the person? Because then you're back in flow. You're you're connecting to your heart's desire and you're enjoying what you're doing then. And people can feel that your energy is more positive. It's more empowering and you're actually helping humanity to embrace the changes that we're going through now. And it's really is a big time for change. Isn't it, it is, yeah. So what's next for Fidel McGreen? Next is to expand my business to help more women to really get on purpose in their business and to do what they love and, and live a meaningful life doing what they love. In balance, more in a feminine way, to lead in that feminine way. And I'm really excited about talking and working with more companies who are open to this, purpose-driven leaders who want to develop their talent and really integrate change at a deeper level so that they can have that purpose and passion within the office and within the projects. And it's not all about, we're finding that it's not all about, you know, driving, driving, driving. We have to be present and really just get grounded. The world is just calling us to be more present and more aware of what we're creating because of all the sustainability, all the change that's happening. I think women have a huge role to play in sustainability yeah. too, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But tell me, finally, what's your go to song? You know, sometimes you find it hard to get out of bed in the morning, although looking at you, you're probably the person who never finds it hard to get out of bed in the morning. You're always busy, um, particularly with a young family. Um, but, you know, when you want to kick yourself in the backside and say, get out of bed, go do something. Is there any particular song that you kind of press play in your head to? Yeah, I press Queen. <laughs> we are the champions. <laughs> Give us a bar there. <laughs> oh, oh, I might actually. <laughs> but you find that does it for you. It does, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It just gets me going. I like Queen and uh, his music. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. And I like um, Shake It Off as well. That's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Just just get up and dance around the, r- the kitchen with that or with my kids. I'm a huge believer in dancing around the kitchen. Yeah. I'd say every woman in the country can identify <laughs> with that one. Close the curtains, put on the music, let's dance. Yeah, that's what the kids tell me. Mommy, stop! And yet they love it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> what age are they now? The twins are 11, going on 12, and Caitlin's 14. So you have a busy house apart yeah. from their business. Yeah. 
Yeah, but fun. Oh, it is fun. They keep me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Fidel, for joining us and for keeping us on our toes. And the best of luck with your business. If anybody wants to reach you, how do they get in touch with you? Online, you could, I presume you have a website? Yeah, fidelmagreen.com. And how do you spell the green now? Is there E's and no There's E's? There's an E on the else? end. So spell it all for me. Fidelma, F-I-D-E-L-M-A, green, G-R-E-E-N-E, dot com. And I'm on uh, Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Facebook. So I have my page there. So it's all for Dan McGreen. That's all from the Women in Leadership podcast for now. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us on info at womeninleadership.ie. We want to hear your stories on how you're coping in this new world scenario where we're all trying to feel our way. Is the COVID-19 pandemic going to change the way we live and interact and work forever? Is it going to improve working life for women and for families, now showing that working from home can actually work? And what are your life hacks in the midst of this pandemic in 2020? Let's share your advice and tell us what's working for you and what you find a challenge. We still want to hear about your jaw-dropping stories. You know, the sort of things that are said to you by unthinking men and sometimes unthinking women in the workplace that they would never say to a man. Stay safe, keep washing your hands thoroughly like a surgeon before theatre. And if you do sneeze into your elbow, get up and move straight away from the company you're in and wash your face and hands and your clothes. This is no time to spare the washing machine or soap either. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and sign up for our newsletter, which has additional content and reflections and advice from leading experts in the field of women in leadership. Until the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti and all the team in the Women in Leadership podcast team, goodbye and really take care.